Out to grill, back to David for a three from the left corner. It's good. Everything's working for the Rebels now. David knocks down the first three attempts of the second half on a busted play. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. Joining us now is Jerry Palm. You can see him on CBS Sports Network. You can check out his bracket at CBSSports.com. Jerry, how are you this morning? Hi, Jerry. Hi, how are you? We are good. So, again, we'll, we'll start with Duke. Uh, you did not have them in your field, so I assume Duke getting knocked out of the ACC tournament, you, you've got no chance at them making it now, right? Well, yeah, I'm not even sure they're eligible now because you've got to have seven straight days of negative COVID tests in your program uh, to be able to travel to Indy and today, seven days before the tournament starts. So, uh, But they wouldn't get picked now anyway. I mean, they would. I think they had to win the conference tournament Maybe one game less than that would have done, but they 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 weren't nearly far enough along in the conference tournament to get an at large bid at this point. Uh, the committee chairman, I think you probably saw this this morning. I'm not sure on the number, but it was a big number in terms of uh, the 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 top line. I have to believe, and Jerry, you can tell us what you think. It's a lot of teams for just one line. Would you think it's Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, and they're just got about ten teams that they're discussing for the next next spot? I don't think it's nearly that many. Um, I don't know what he said. I haven't had a chance to see it, but uh, um, but there are three Big Ten teams at least in play. Uh, Alabama uh, would be in part a part of that, and then um, you might have a Big Twelve team or two. Uh, but it's hard to imagine, you know, a much longer list than that because it's just uh, um, there just aren't enough good resumes out there uh, where you could compete for the top one. Not all those Big Ten teams can lose. I mean, they could all lose in their conference tournament. You know, if Michigan wins it or something. But you know, Illinois still might be the choice. Right. How often do how often do you think number one seeds actually change hands because of a conference tournament championship game? Oh, I would think it, uh, it, the opportunity is there in every bracket for that kind of thing to happen. Um, that's not just a conference tournament championship game, but just conference tournament play in general. I don't remember ever having four absolute lock number one seeds going into conference tournament. Uh, one to ask you locally, obviously UNLV is the, in the Mountain West. Two-part question. Uh, San Diego State loses to Wyoming today. How much does it hurt their seed? Could they be out, or do you think they're already in? And in your mind, what do these other Mountain West teams have to do to get in? How many do you really think can get in? Well, all, the four top teams all have a shot uh, without winning the conference tournament. Uh, every, anybody else would have to win the conference tournament. Uh, Utah State is off my bracket for now, and the other three are in. Uh, San Diego State, Colorado State, Boise State in order. Uh, so, you know, uh, they each have flaws in their resumes. Uh, with the exception of Boise State, part of that is just the inability to beat anyone outside the league that was um, worthwhile. Uh, mm-hmm. And, of course, a lot of teams had trouble even getting those games. Uh, BYU, I'm sorry, Boise State's win over BYU is the only quad one non-conference win in the entire league. So right. that obviously helps, but then the two losses to Nevada hurt. So they each have pluses and minuses, and the uh, pluses pretty much outweigh the minuses for San Diego State. Um, so maybe they could lose today, but you, I don't know. That would be a bad loss, so you never really know how that's going to go. It makes them vulnerable, uh, and a win today would, would take care of that. So, uh, But the others all still probably need to win today to still have a shot. If San Diego State wins the Mountain West tournament, what's the highest seed you could see them getting? 
uh, maybe a seven, you know, with that, and that's borderline top 25. The number 25 team in the bracket is a seven. Okay. And I, I'm uh, curious, when you, you talk about Boise State and, like, they, them having the only quad one win in non-conference play, how, how much different has this year been when you're trying to project what the bracket will look like because of how little non-conference games we saw this season? Yeah, it's definitely been a problem. And not only that, but you've had COVID take away significant parts of the schedule during the season uh, for some of these teams. So you're comparing, for example, you know, a team that might have 17 games played with a team that might have 17 wins and then eight losses. So, you know, with that many games different in their schedules, it's hard to compare. You know, you can't just use raw numbers like, oh, well, they both have, you know, two quad one wins. Yeah, but one played eight more games. So, you know, it's it's, it's a challenge for the committee this year. But all they can do is judge teams by what they did with the opportunities they had. And they can't focus on what games they didn't get to play. Um, we've asked people this this week. I, I think I know your answer. So we're in Vegas. So you get Gonzaga and Baylor or the field. And if you take the field, which one would you take? And if you take the field, how many more other teams in your mind can really win this thing? Uh, I, I will go ahead and take the field, and I would be most worried about Illinois. But there's probably, hmm. oh, five or six others that legitimately could win it. Uh, but those two, to me, are the prohibitive favorites. Everybody wants to take the field. That's I know everybody wants. Know. So how, how many how many teams would we have to give you before you wouldn't take the field? <laughs> uh, well, you just gave me two and I took them. So no, 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 I, the, I, yeah, I took no. Bag and Baylor. I, yeah, yeah, no, I, I'll take that and give you the field. Um, okay. Oh, you will take Gonzaga. Illinois. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, other way you didn't yeah. take the field. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Um, I I am curious on a year to year basis. Because we, we talk about it. We're sitting here watching the Mountain West tournament. And if somebody outside of that top four wins it, there's a stolen bid potentially. But how many bids do you think on a yearly basis actually get stolen by a team winning their non-conference that wasn't going to get in? Um, I would say it's unusual to have more than one. Hmm. And we don't have any this year yet. Um, Duke was a potential bid stealer if they had won the ACC. And, I mean, let's face it, that league – doesn't have any great teams. We've got some good ones, but no great ones. So that league is the one that probably had the best chance of some outlier winning the tournament, Steel up did. That might also be true of the Big East. Um, but, uh, the, you know, the Big Ten and the Big 12, I mean, what outlier is going to go through those leagues and the, and the quality they have at the top? Um, that just isn't realistic. Uh, but, um, and, you know, maybe the Pac-12 could have something like that. But I don't know who it would be. I don't have any confidence in the teams that are down below. Kentucky and the SEC would be interesting if the light bulb suddenly went on for them. Uh, but because uh, the Dave got the talent, they might be the most talented team in the league, maybe. But uh, they haven't played anywhere near it all season long. It might just seem this way, and I'm sure it does for the last 20 years, But uh, although he won a national championship. But here we go again with Syracuse on the bubble. Um do they have to beat Virginia to get in? And it just, it just seems like every year now, maybe just in the last several years, like, oh, well, they won't get in, they won't get in. Guess what? They got in. Uh, do they have to beat Virginia today, or will it be another, hey, Syracuse squeaked in there? You know, it's funny. I was listening to their game on the radio some yesterday while I was out uh, running around, and uh, they were talking about how badly they've played in the ACC tournament in general since they've joined the league. So that's not a team that's finding their way into the tournament very often. Uh, based on what they've done in their conference tournament. But uh, I've got them as the last team in today. 
I don't know that they have to beat Virginia to get in because there are so many other teams around the cut line that are still playing. Um, and uh, and one of those teams is in action right now. Maryland is uh, playing Michigan State, trying to stay uh, in the bracket after looking comfortably in at the end of February, uh, but then losing to Northwestern and Penn State. Uh, how the Mountain West shakes out is going to have something to do with it. There's some action in the SEC, in the Pac-12, and uh, there's, there, there are uh, a lot of games around the country still left to be played that could impact whether or not Syracuse makes it besides their own. But if they beat Virginia today, their chances are much better. Well, at the first at the first media, they're up nine two on Virginia. So let's just put them in the tournament. <laughs> uh, Jerry, I'm curious on a team like Loyola Chicago, who is their top ten in Ken Palm. I think they're tenth in net right now as well. But you they're have about. them as a as a ten seed. Um, wh- what is it with Loyola Chicago that uh, they wouldn't be as respected, even though Net and Ken Palm loves them so much? Well, because. Uh, Net and Ken Palm, especially Ken Palm and Thagarin as well, although I don't know where they are in Thagarin. Um, uh, Thagarin and Ken Palm are heavily margin of uh, victory influenced. Uh, in fact, so much so that I don't even know that wins and losses matter uh, because they're trying to predict point spreads. They're gambling tools. So, you know, they, in fact, Ken Palm told the committee uh, a couple of years ago we were at a meeting when they were invest- starting to investigate replacing the RPI with what eventually would be the net. And Ken told them not to use his rankings because he's not measuring what they're trying to reward. Uh, the committee itself does not incentivize margin of victory. So, um, but I'll just give you another example out of the Missouri Valley, Wichita State's last year, 2017. They were number eight in Ken Palm and a 10 seed in the bracket. And had they lost their conference tournament final, they probably would have missed. So, <laughs> wow. so you have to think of it backwards. Uh, a lot of people look at the rankings and use the rankings to validate the resumes. And it's the other way around. The rank, the resume has to validate the ranking, and if it doesn't, then the ranking's wrong, not the resume. Uh, I don't know if, where you stand on this. We asked some people earlier in the week. I mean, there's going to be there's going to be fans at the Final Four. You've been to this thing forever. Um, anyway, Leon Leon Rice actually said at the Mountain West, this is evening things out. You don't have a million San Diego State fans. You don't have UNLV at home. It's again, it's in front of nobody. Everything evens out. Do you think you could see more upsets earlier in rounds because of that? No, because I don't think the crowds tend to favor the underdogs anyway in those situations, except okay. for obviously the fans uh, of the favorite team. Right. right. Um, no, I don't. I don't think it's going to matter much. Uh, but he's right about crowds making a difference. I mean, I'm a Purdue guy. We have one of the loudest gyms anywhere, and mm-hmm. you know, it's it, it. Although we've done well at home this year, that Purdue has. It's just it's not the same without. Fans. I have trouble watching Purdue games because it's so different with the fans not being there. Well, he is Jerry Palm. Again, check out his bracket at cbssports.com. Jerry, we appreciate the time this morning. Thanks, Jerry. Take care of yourself. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Okay. Uh, boy, the Mountain West is going to be interesting, Tyler. This thing, I mean, if you're, that's the other thing about, we didn't even talk about UNLV. Uh, now, they could play well and win tonight, but they're getting Utah State's best shot. There's no, Utah State can't lose. I mean, if they lose, like, they're done. So, UNLV's going to have to beat a team tonight that they will be completely focused because they know if they lose, they're out. Listen, I've been telling you that UNLV hasn't played a relevant game for the NCAA tournament in seven years. They play a relevant game tonight. Yes. If they win, <laughs> Utah State get the hell out of the NCAA tournament. Can you? Can, yes! How about? Is, does the, I think I think the bracket works out this way. UNLV will go to the tournament by knocking out three straight bubble teams: Utah State, Colorado State, Boise State. <laughs> 
<laughs> and they will, and San Diego State, and, yes! and San Diego State, uh, and UNLV will be the only ones that go. Do you know how great that would be? Oh, oh my God! If so, Boise, my veins. Boise State's got to beat Nevada, and then San Diego State to get there. Right, right. But, and I, I think if Boise beats San Diego State, that might guarantee that them probably puts them in anyway. Yeah, but but I love this hypothetical oh. of UNLV beats Utah State. Utah yes. State's out. Beats Colorado, Colorado State, State in the semi. They're out. They're out. Beats Boise in the final, and Boise's <laughs> out, and UNLV's oh. in. <laughs> oh, and 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 we we get that Sunday afternoon press conference, teleconference with the uh, the director of the committee saying someone asked about UNLV. Well, they're they're, they're bubble killers, man. They beat three straight <laughs> bubble teams. T.J. Osklerberger's a bubble killer. <laughs> Iowa State calling on line three. Pick up. Oh, oh man! I, I am awesome. here for this. This is going to be this is the best possible outcome. Is UNLV ruining the entire conference <laughs> and getting in? What would actually be oh. funnier is if UNLV eliminated Utah State, eliminated Colorado State, but then lost to San Diego State by forty in the title game. Yeah. So the Mountain oh. West only got one team in. That that's the best story, right? Because you, you've still eliminated bubble teams, but then the only team that's going to go uh, wins the championship. That would. Uh, I don't know which one I want more. Three knocking off three straight bubble teams is a pretty good story. It would be. It if, would be a lot of fun. If UNLV Who, does that, though, what what are they seeded? They're like well, uh, they're like a fourteen. But, wow, that's higher than all right. Not bad. But, okay, I'm happy with that. Here, I that might be a world record because let's be honest. Like if it happens in Power Fives, usually you're not getting three bubble teams, right? Like someone's already in. It's like ah, oh, you upset them and stuff like that. UNLV might create history here. I don't know if anyone's ever knocked off three straight bubble teams. Not in a major conference because most of those teams are already in. Yeah, I yeah. Oh. I mean, the, the Mountain West is like any bracketologist right now can't go more than two minutes without mentioning the Mountain West because there's right. three bubble teams. They're all playing right. today, and pretty much all three of them are games that if they lose could be the game that knocks them out of the NCAA tournament. So, oh. yeah. That's phenomenal. By the way, uh, there's a website called Bart Torvik that's a lot like Ken Palm. Uh, their projection would be UNLV would be a 15 seed if they won the Mountain West tournament. Okay. All right. All right. No play-in game. All right. Yeah. <laughs> no, they wouldn't be playing. They wouldn't be an 11 or 12. They're not, they're not that bad, Jared. Not that- Jesus. <laughs> they're, not, literally- they're not coming out of the swack. You started this conversation with they haven't played a relevant game in uh, four years. Yeah, they just got to win two more, and then they'll U- be playing a relevant game. UNLV opening in Indianapolis against a two-seed Ohio State. Oh, and they pull off the upset because, yeah. of course, they do. All right, coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. At the request of Ed Grady, we've got yes. Gonzaga numbers. Bischoff's Briefs. When life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Bischoff's Briefs. Get mad! I don't want your damn lemons! What am I supposed to do with these? Bischoff's Briefs. Demand to see life's manager. Bischoff's Briefs. Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's gonna burn your house down with the lemons. Very rarely do we get requests from Ed Grady for Bischoff's briefs. But we got one yesterday. Ed wants to know about how fast Gonzaga plays. And Ed, I just want to say, your observation of Gonzaga playing fast 
was correct. There you're you go. on top of it. You were on you top of it because Gonzaga has the third fastest offense in college basketball. Their average offensive possession lasts 14.1 seconds. Uh, for comparison, the average in college basketball is 17.3. So they're over three seconds faster than average. Uh, 40% of their possessions last 10 seconds or less. So you're getting close to half of their possessions or less than 10 seconds. They are very, very quick. And not only that, they take great shots. Uh, 50% of their shots this year are layups or dunks. 32% of their shots are three-pointers. Only 18% of their shots are from the mid-range. This is a team that gets they get up the floor in a hurry, and they get a great shot in a hurry. Because it's one thing to get up the floor and get up a shot, because just about anybody could run up the floor and shoot it within 10 seconds. But Gonzaga gets great shots very, very quickly. Um, now... The average Gonzaga possession is 14.1 seconds. The two teams that are faster are Alabama and Coppin State. Uh, Coppin State went 9-12 and 12 this year. They're in the MIAC, for all of you that are wondering out there. Uh, but these are all the schools, because playing fast doesn't always attribute or you know lead to winning. These are all the schools that play with an average offensive possessions of 15 seconds or less. Alabama, Coppin State, and Gonzaga are the top three. Monmouth, Dixie State, Marshall, Buffalo, Texas Rio Grande Valley, Winthrop, LIU, and St. John's are all the teams that play at a tempo of 15 seconds or faster on offense. So not exactly the best teams in college basketball making up the fastest teams in college basketball. Also, the last five champions... In college basketball, this has been their national rank in offensive tempo. Virginia was 352nd. Villanova was 233rd. North Carolina was 25th. Villanova, again, was 290. And Duke was 143rd. So there's no real correlation to playing fast and winning. But Gonzaga has done a lot of winning, and they play very fast. We should encourage more teams to play fast like Gonzaga does because it's more fun. Okay. okay. I like it. I like the fact that I was right about this and uh, that what my eyes saw, you know, I like the eye test. I've told you right. that often. I like the eye test. Uh, so I'm very excited to uh, have you back me up. I have two questions. First, did someone like set off a dot matrix printer? Uh, that might have been my house. Okay. Second. <laughs> you see that or me taking my vitamins because you always hear my pills as well. <laughs> um, second. Which, according to your eye test, is faster? Gonzaga's offense or Henry Ruggs? Oh, Gonzaga's offense. They're okay. more consistent. They're more consistent. <laughs> they're, they're fast all the time. Sometimes Henry Ruggs looks slow. So... So, I'm gonna go. Some, whoa! Is it, this uh, is breaking news. Yeah, all right, yeah. now we've got what? an update to the report. Yes, yes. You know, Sometimes he kind of Henry Ruggs well, looks slow. What? Uh, you know, every everyone takes a few plays off here and there. So if they're running to not his side, I mean, you know, jog up there. So I don't think the Zags ever take a possession off. Man, they're full blow the whole time. So I'm going to say Gonzaga. Oh man! 
man, I did not know Henry Ruggs took some plays off. I this is yeah. this is more exclusive reporting from Ed Grady. Well, you can do that when you're a first round pick. Can Take you? a few plays off. Are oh, we sure? That explains Cleveland Farrell. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> no, the bad part is he doesn't take plays off. He just can't get there. He's just not very good at it. I'm uh, trying as hard as I can. <laughs> so, uh, yes, Ed, you were right. They are fast. Yes. Would you like to know the UNLV's offense is uh, 295th fastest oh, in the country? Top 300. Wow. Over, out, of, out of how many? Is it 330 now? Uh, it's, it's, it's 353, but not everybody's playing because the Ivy League is out this year. So who's actually, I'd have to go and see how many teams are actually Did you say in the 290s? Top 300. Oh, Oh, yeah. Wow. So here, actually, what's fascinating about UNLV's tempo is if you look at Otzelberger's five years as a head coach, his first year at South Dakota State, they ranked 222nd in tempo. They were slow. But his second year, they were 61st. His third year, they were 40th at South Dakota State. Hmm. He comes to UNLV, last year 247, this year in the 290s again. Uh, I, it, to me, it's, it's the sign of Otzelberger's not happy with the team, and he doesn't think the team is actually any good. So he doesn't want them to play fast, because if they play fast, they'll lose by a lot. All right. Well, that makes sense. So, well, if he doesn't go to Iowa State, he can rebuild the incredible roster and get a bunch of fast guys. <laughs> <laughs> Is that five two guy fast? He appears very fast on the uh, oh, on he, the video I saw. Dear him. God, he'd have to be. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he appears very fast. The, they signed that guy. They're going from two ninety two to one forty two over to overnight. Just because of him. Jared is right. He has to be fast. If he's not fast, I don't know what's happening there. I don't know how he's in college basketball. He's got to have at least one good skill. He's got to have at least one good athletic athletic trait, and it's certainly not being tall. He's slow, he's small, and he can't dribble. We want him. He can shoot, though, because, I mean, 5'2 is, boy, you close out on a 5'2 guy, you can probably mess with his shot. So this kid, I saw those videos of him. This kid, Steph Curry, shooting it past half court. That way, no one blocks his shot. That's right. I he mean, said. some of those threes were really deep. He said nobody can block yeah. a shot. That's because <laughs> I'm why. from 48. Yes. Nobody's D'ing me up at half court. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, J.R. Starkus joins the show. Ready for the weekend? It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. Let's find out what's on tap with J.R. Starkus. Champagne. Perfume going in, sewage coming out. Hashtag let them play. Hashtag the forgotten class of 2020. Follow him on Twitter at JR Starkus. <laughs> Key account executive, Southern Glazers Wine Spirits, Nevada. Elite mixologist sponsored by Liquor World here on a Thursday. Hashtag how are you? <laughs> Top of the morning. Top of the morning to you, Eddie. <laughs> Uh, I'm good. So, uh, I, I, my intro gets longer and longer every week with all the hashtags. Well, do it. Yeah, well, quit quit retweeting stuff with hashtags and opinions, and it'll slow down. <laughs> I can't help it. I, I will a, when it stops. Geez, he's uh, allowed he's, to have opinions. No, not according to Ed. <laughs> oh, hashtag allow fans. Hashtag let's go. Hashtag let them play. You are on fire this week. Yeah, man. It's it's uh yeah yeah absolutely. I mean. Uh, <laughs> If you want me to get into it, uh, which it sounds oh like sure, you. why not? <laughs> uh, you know when 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 us parents got the, um, the 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 rules, if you will, from the school district as to like what the kids can and cannot do for to play this season. 
Uh, it was just there's so many contradictory things in the rules that that just kind of make it make us laugh. For instance, um, you know the kids have to get a COVID test. Okay, fine, whatever, and they have to get one every single week. Okay, fine, whatever. But then if uh, one kid tests positive, then the entire team has to take ten days off. Well, the season is only twenty days long, so the season's gone basically. <laughs> so so that's over. But even more than that, the funny thing to me was. Um, they are saying that no fans can be there to watch the game. No, no, nobody can watch. Uh, first point is, if you've ever been to a high school baseball game, it's not like there's thousands and thousands of people there. It's basically mom and dad and a dog, uh, and maybe your brothers and sisters. But for most of us, we're bringing our kids to the game anyhow or to the school to play. If they have an away game, all of those kids that are playing that parents aren't allowed to watch, that parents just brought to the game, are getting onto the bus, the same bus, and going to the game. And then we can't watch the game. So it's just kind of funny that, you know, they're, uh, they're every, every, I'm bringing my son to a game, but I can't watch him play that game. And then he's getting onto a bus with all of his teammates who were also brought there by their parents. And they're getting on the bus together and going to the game. And then I can't watch because of COVID protocols. So it just seems silly to me. Hashtag facts only. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, you, you know, I just want to watch my son play, especially in only 20 games. Can you find a roof somewhere that overlooks these baseball <laughs> Oh, yeah, do it like so, yeah, so, directly. Yes. So actually, oh my god, know, he's out Oh god, he's already scouted out places. You're No, I haven't scouted out places, but I have I've scouted out things. So, Lowe's has uh, portable scaffolding that you oh, can purchase oh, and I have a truck. Geez. I will put oh, portable scaffolding. Absolutely, oh. it's like a hundred bucks for portable scaffolding. It's about, I think it's four feet high, oh. so I can get four feet up. And I can watch over the outfield fence. Um, that's how I'm going to have to do it. Oh. oh my god! All right, so now you need to get more scaffolding and, and charge, charge other parents. Yes, yes. Oh, for yeah. alcohol. It's going to be a big thing. Yes. Hashtag, hashtag working the system. That's that, that one too. <laughs> you can sell drinks out there. They'll all what? be bonding the outfield, what? screaming at people. What? I'm not, it's going to be great. We're not attending the game. We're just out here on scaffolding. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. We're not on school property. We're outside scaffolding, and uh, it's going to be great. Now, I'm, I probably should go get mine quicker than sooner than later because now I'm sure with all the listeners, there's going to be a run on scaffolding at Little O's Man. And Home Depot, you know? Just, yeah. just by your Twitter, um, my <laughs> guess is, and I'm going on a small limb here, that you're not exchanging uh, Christmas cards with a Superintendent Yara. Jara. <laughs> uh, no, he and I are not BFFs right now, um, for sure. You know, until we until we come until we come around to a, a, a more logical sense of uh, of um, <laughs> rules, if you will, um, I, I'll call them that. It just, I mean. It just none of it makes any sense, you know, and I feel bad. I mean, I'm always talking about my son in baseball, but I know it's affecting kids that play basketball and stuff, too. So I'm on the side of all those young athletes that want to play and, um, you know, for, for whatever reason. I, my, my thought is, you know, we, we, we uh, flattened the curve or we had this two weeks to flatten the curve thing, and here we are a year later. Um, and while there's still, you know, there's still some, some stuff happening, right, we've learned a lot in the last year. We've learned a lot. And we've learned what risks can and can't be taken, perhaps. Um, and I think, for me, watching my son play, f- sitting by the sitting in the outfield or by the dugout to watch my son play baseball in a socially distant sport anyway is a uh, incredibly low risk, uh, if if we're going to call it that. Uh, I think it's probably higher risk that all the boys and coaches and everybody are on the same bus if we want to really go tit for tat and to go to a game than anything else. Uh, but you know, I think we've learned. I think we've learned more 
in the last year about this thing, and I feel like these rules are a little draconian and almost like we we haven't learned anything at all, and that's the frustrating part. So what do you got today with Irish Eddie? All right. <laughs> wow. I know. I just I did Tyler mute himself. I was waiting for Tyler to jump in with the question. I was pausing. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, for dramatic pause. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, dramatic pause. What uh, you, you you put the uh, you put the uh, leprechaun out there dancing with the uh, at deep Eddie vodka. Uh, yep. What will you make today with uh, Southern Glazers and liquor rolled with us? So so you know next week obviously St. Patrick's Day and a lot of people are always looking for the the green beer or uh, drink, drinking Irish whiskey, Irish coffees, and all those things would have been perfect for me to highlight today, uh, but. Deep Eddie Vodka just came out with a new vodka. And what Deep Eddie is known for, uh, from Austin, Texas, a completely organic, gluten-free product, what they're known for, quite frankly, are their flavors because they use the fresh juices in them. And they have um, one of their flavors with CT. They have cranberry. They have lemon. They have grapefruit, right? They're, and they're all wonderful. They, almost, they're, they're, they taste so vibrant and fresh. And a lot of flavored vodkas, or have a flavor, but they're still clear. Well, these actually, because they have the fresh juice in them, they actually have the color. So this newest rendition of Deep Eddie is Deep Eddie Lime. It is green, and it is perfect for cocktails. It is also perfect for St. Patrick's Day. So, you know, one of the things when I'm out in the market, I'm talking to people, and they're looking for something a little bit different this year. I'm, I'm like, dude, just buy some green Deep Eddie Lime, and it's, like, ready to go. Um, it, it makes it nice because the flavor's already there, and if you're just a vodka soda person, you can pour vodka soda, and you have a green vodka soda, boom, automatically. So if you want to celebrate without having to dye your beer or having to dye your food or anything like that to make it green, this is a great way to do it. So I thought it'd be fun to make an easy cocktail um, for St. Patrick's Day with the new Deep Eddie Lime. All right, I got a question about green beer for you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been like studies that like if you put Coke in something other than their red logo can, people think it tastes different, even if it's the same Coke. How does that work with people drinking green beer? Because I imagine seeing green beer is something like, ah, that's kind of gross looking. I, I mean, I would imagine it'd be the same. It's, you know, for, for anything when you're talking about, you know, cocktails in particular, um, I tell people that if you have what something deems to be the greatest drink in the world, whatever that is for you, right? And, or, or, you know, if you put it into a beautiful glass with the right ice and the right garnish, that drink is like, oh, wow, that looks fantastic. I want to drink it. But if you take the same drink and you put it into a terrible glass, pint glass with crappy ice and no garnish, it, it looks totally different. And you're like, eh, it doesn't look that good, right? And then when you try to charge $17, $18 for it, it's an even bigger problem. So I think the same thing for me goes with green beer. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not too big on green beer. I'm always a fr- fan of like, or I'm always afraid of it's going to uh, dye my teeth or something like that. Um, <laughs> you, you know, I'm like, I don't want to walk around with green teeth for the rest of the day, even though it doesn't. I just, that's just in the back of my head. Um, so I'd always be like, are my teeth green? Are my teeth green? <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it, it, to me, I, I don't, I, to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, I don't need to drink something that's green. Uh, some people do. Um, but if you do, this is a great way to do it. Wait, have you ever had your teeth dyed a different color before? That's a very strange fear. Well, no, I mean, like, if you drink a lot of red wine or something like that, your teeth will dye red for a little bit or or purple, right? Um, So, or if you drink a lot of coffee, sometimes your teeth will start to dye brown. Uh, So, uh, yeah, I do. I mean, I I, I I don't 
worry about it. But if your teeth are like blue or green because you ate a piece of candy or something like that, yeah, I, I, I'm like, I don't want to smile at somebody and have my teeth look green or, or blue. Or if you like, like, there's ever had squidding? Oh, never mind. You've never had squidding pasta. Never mind. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> I, I, I have. Know, I should know better than even start that question. But if you have squidding pasta, um, you your teeth turn black because yep. the squidding gets in your teeth. And so it's just one of those things where you're like, I don't want, I don't want to go and, you know, in our industry, when you're face-to-face with a lot of people, you go and smile and your teeth are a different color. It's just not right. On St. Patrick's Day, it's okay, though, right? They're green. <laughs> maybe, the it's, maybe it should be, right? Maybe you should. If you don't have green teeth, you're a weirdo. <laughs> I've been in Chicago a couple times. To- I've been in Chicago a couple times on St. Patty's Day when they turn that river green. Yeah, that's cool stuff, man. I like that. <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think that's, that's cool. Turn the river green, you know? Jump in, get your skin green, whatever you want to do. You know, have, get your hair green. Uh, have some I had to throw that out there. It really meant nothing to the conversation, but I was thinking about that time. <laughs> I was in my hotel, and I looked out. I'm like, boy, that's weird. That, that I didn't even realize it was St. Patrick's Day. It was like an in-state tournament or something. I'm like, man, that's a, that, that, that water looks worse than it probably should. Yeah, and then I looked down, and of, someone said, yeah, they do that every year. The river's green. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. Go to a lot of people's backyards these days. Maybe they have a, they're celebrating with a green pool for St. Patrick's Day, too. Yeah. You know, it's not, uh, not so clean. <laughs> so what what would you do with the drink? So uh, you know it, it's a simple it's a simple way to go. Now the interesting thing with the deep eddy because it's deep eddy lime um, and it's the fresh juice. When you taste it, you it's 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 got the fresh lime juice in it. So it, you have to make sure that when you adjust, you have to adjust the drink down. You can't do your typical um, like two ounce pour of spirit, three quarter ounce of sour, three quarter ounce of, of sweet. You have to dial back on the sour part, the lime juice, because it's already in the vodka. If you if you did an equal parts like I typically do, is which is an easy way to build a drink across the board. If you do that, it it will most likely be too limey for you because there's already the fresh lime juice in the vodka. So I would do two ounces of the deep eddy lime or an ounce and a half of deep eddy lime. I would do three quarter ounces of simple syrup. Um, I would do a half of an ounce of fresh lime juice, and then maybe just like a quarter ounce of Midori, so Midori melon or something, just to give it a little accent piece, but it'll also add uh, a little additional green color to the drink. Um, and then you could garnish it with, you know, just a, a green leaf or a, if you need like a piece of parsley or a four-leaf clover or something like that. Uh, shake it all, strain it into a cocktail glass, and you're done. That's it. Really simple, easy-to-make drink. Um, that would be perfect for the for St. Patrick's Day holiday if that's the way you want to go. Now, where the hell are you getting this four-leaf clover for the garnish? Yeah, just go outside. It's in the grass. Yeah, those are three-leaf clovers. Four-leaf clovers are supposed to be rare. That's the whole point of them. Not, not to <laughs> Jr. Jr. Everywhere, uh, <laughs> always looks down, finds one. Just find, just, yeah, just, just find one. Lucky it's a, like next that. to the pot of gold. It's next, next to the pot of gold, pot of gold. at Ed's house. Hashtag go outside. Yeah, I was a little yeah. afraid when you called Ed limey, but then it's like, oh no, that's that's for British people. Uh, Perfect. Is that your segue into your questioning me about Meghan Markle and? Uh, oh, no, but but Tyler Tyler wants you to know Tyler wants to know what you thought of the interview. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm sure he does. Um, actually, if it wasn't for you guys talking about it, I wouldn't even know that the interview happened. Oh. Uh, so I, when, well. you, when you guys brought it up, I think I was yeah. on. When you guys brought it up on Monday, I was like, "What are they talking about?" And, I mean, uh, how, can, how and, can you pay attention with all your hashtags? I mean, I, I get that you're focusing on other things right now. Fighting the good I'm fight. Too- yeah, yes. I'm, too fo- I'm too focused uh, on uh, trolling Jara in the uh, school district so the kids can play sports. What, 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 no what is the sun? Does Meghan the Mark sun Prince or, or whatever? Does the sun know about all your hashtags? He doesn't want to bat for him. Yeah, sure. So does all the parents uh, on the team, man. I told him. I said I'm going geez. to bat. 
I'm going to oh. war. Going to war for him. Oh, you know war. I, <laughs> going to, Jesus. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's how we're doing it, man. Got to do what you got to do. Wait, Sorry. are the rest of the parents not doing this? Well, the rest of the, I mean, the rest of the parents are. I, I've, I have, I have written a letter, and I am, uh, and I know that some of the other parents have as well. But not all the other parents have a lot of the social media that I do. Um, so, so some they've they've uh, they've written letters. I know that themselves. Um, and I know that, I mean, there's even some teachers in, on the team and I know they're frustrated too, because some of these teachers are like, I can go watch my kid play, but I'm going to have 30 kids in the classroom in like two weeks. So how, how does that make sense? Right. Um, so, you know, not that they're, they're not worried about the kids in the classroom. They're just looking at the humongous contradiction from the same leadership. Your son can play base, can play baseball, but you can't watch outside, but you as a teacher will have 30 kids inside in about two weeks. So that's, uh, that's to some people that stands out as like, that doesn't make any sense. And that includes me. You're going to make a killing off this wow. scaffolding. Oh yeah. oh yeah. I should build it uh, myself. It's going to be incredible. Like I'm going to uh, have uh, like beer hawkers and hot dog hawkers. It's going to be incredible. Uh, there. It's gonna be, I can see it now. Yeah. You're going to make, you're going to make all weird shirts with hashtag, let them play. And you're going to have all these beanies and shirts and sweatshirts uh, out there. And- oh, this is Thursday. A great idea for, for like team, for, uh, for the, the, uh, coming together and you guys give me all kinds of great ideas and uh, in our, <laughs> I'm going to make all kinds of money. Follow him on Instagram <laughs> at JR makes drinks on Twitter at JR Starkus. You might get a little, uh, you might get a little mixology, but mostly a bunch of hashtags about kids, not playing sports, key account executive, yep. Southern Glazers, wine spirits, Nevada. Well, thanks a lot. We know you're busy with nothing to do with alcohol. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> Take care guys. See you next week. See you. Jeez, the hashtags with this kid. Let all, them play. All, all I want, and that's the thing. They're going to be allowed to play. He's just mad he can't watch them. Of course, they're going to be allowed to play. They're all playing now. I all I want is him to follow the superintendent around with like a six foot pole, and anytime he's ta- <laughs> anytime the superintendent's talking to anybody, for him to walk up and like sort of just be like, "You're not six feet." Yeah. <laughs> can, can you imagine this Jara kid and like me? And he's like, "Who's the starkest guy who keeps tagging me in his posts on Twitter?" Is, oh, is he actually going to do this scaffolding? I hope so. I want pictures. I do too. It'd be awesome. Oh, oh God. man! I'll do like this oh. pickup truck scaffolding. Watching. <laughs> oh, how yes. about how about the how about the parents letting him lead with the social media? It's like, yeah, Jr., you got this. We want nothing to do this, but you can do it. You can do it as much as you want. It's a bunch. Yeah, of, you. Uh, to yell at him, Jr. Well, it's oh, yeah. a bunch of adults, so it's they—they they probably all looked at their Twitter feeds and went, "I've got twelve followers. What about yes. you?" <laughs> Jr.'s oh. like, "I've got right, thousands. I've got this." Oh man, let them play. All right, coming yeah. up next, we'll find out what's in the dessert menu together. <laughs> Let's end the show with something sweet. This is the dessert menu, brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union, prioritizing people over profit. Running Rebel freshman Donovan Yap has his own song. This has been the Dessert Menu, brought to you by Silver State Schools Credit Union. Become a member today at SilverStateCU.com. Playing this? We're playing the whole thing? I mean, I assume we could talk over it. I hope he doesn't curse. The best part is when he's going to name drop the entire team. Is that a thing? Yep. All right. I mean, it's not the worst basketball player song I've heard. 
Is this better than eating sushi off naked models? No, no, that is... Okay. That is... All right. And remember, that's a cultural thing, Ed. That's right. Oh, here we go. Oh, Reese is the athletic kid, they said. Who's Blizzy? Who's Blizzy? Mo. Caleb. Yeah. Is Mighty is Mighty Mighty Mo the kid that they're gonna try, uh, sign from five foot two guy? <laughs> is that who okay. that is? Blizzy is Nick Blake, and Mo yeah. is Moses Wood. Oh, that was... Caleb is Caleb. Yeah, yeah, good job, Ed. Good job. You I, nailed that. I, 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 I really enjoy that Caleb is just like, his last name's Grill, and you couldn't come up with a nickname? Yeah, you couldn't say like Grillin or Grilly or something? Griller? He just, he doesn't have a, they don't call him by that. He doesn't get a nickname. Was, it's just no, Caleb. That's so was Mo Mbake? No. no, Mo, Mo, Mo is Moses Wood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, Caleb's nickname being Caleb is sort of like uh, if you've ever played yeah. Pat, uh, Miss Pac-Man, where it's like Inky, Blinky, Stinky, and Sue. Yeah. Like, the, it's just like... Well, the, Tyler asked a question yesterday to Mbake Zhang, the best, uh, the best dunker, and I think he said that Reese kid. Reese Brown. Is that who it is? Yeah. He was in there. He was in there. That's a good he song. Good for him, man. Actually, good for him. That I, Talented. I, I, Different. Now that I've listened to it in its entirety, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. It's no. actually, yeah, it's actually yeah. pretty good. It's good for him. Uh, I have no idea what it meant, but it's good for him. It is on Apple Music if you want to listen to it. By really? Sub, by Sub Zero. Uh, the song. Wow. I think it's just titled Rebel. Um, yeah. <laughs> Donovan, yeah, played yesterday too, by the way. He had a steal and a layup. He also Ooh. airballed two threes, but we'll ignore uh, that. He had a steal and a layup. I mean, they won by almost 30. I hope everybody played. That, the, late in the game, Adam Hill tweets. He goes, well, they're up 30. I thought Bryce Hamilton's day was done, but he's checking back in the game. I thought the same thing, too. I was like, why is he going back in the game? <laughs> they were they were up 25, and <laughs> there's six minutes to go. And it's like, yeah, okay, Bryce is probably done for the day. And then he's... And then TJ gets him and runs him down to the scorer's table. And I'm like, why? They took him out about 45 (laughs) seconds later. So I think they realized, oh, wait, we're winning by a lot. We don't normally do this. So we can can send him back to the bench for the rest of the game. We can be okay because anyone up in the media row can get a a layup against Air Force. So we'll be okay (laughs) up 25 with five minutes left. Was he close to like a triple double, or was that no. close to a double? Like, was he close no. to anything? Where no, it was I, like, I think it was like, just go in there, get just, a rebound. I think it was genuinely just their normal rotation. Yes, for him yes. to go back in the game at that time, and then they realized after he went in, why the hell did we put him back in the game? We're blowing these people out. We've got to play again in twenty four hours. So I, I think it was just genuine. Like, yeah, this is what we do every game. And then a realization of, oh, yeah, we're actually up by 30. We don't need to do that. Hey, that type of leadership coming to Iowa State. (laughs) Soon. Oh, man. That will give us so much show uh, 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 material if he actually actually jumps. Oh, be great. Why wouldn't he? Oh, no. If you're offered, it's a big 12. You can probably double your salary, if not more. That's the – I mean, the entire thing in this entire – 
like rumor is, and it should be like, there should be no question you go. I mean, I don't care how bad or good a job a Big 12 job it is, and people would tell you it's near the bottom, but you're doubling your salary and you're going to the Big 12 with, you know, where you don't have to question anything money-wise. There's never like, hey, can I have this? Like, of course you can have it. We're the Big 12. It's the other stuff around it, like yet another search. Who would they go after? I mean, that would be like the material. He should obviously go if he's offered that job. The UNLV side of it would be yeah. The UNLV side would be the best side of it by far. Because how many coach? How many coaching searches has this fan base been through in the last <laughs> like five years? They've been through three, and yeah, the it'd be it'd be remarkable for UNLV to have to go through another one. Also, it would be remarkable that thirty uh, percent of the coaches in the Big Twelve would have come from UNLV. Yes, that's exactly yes, right. yes, yes. That'd we be awesome. Are a feeder system to the Big Twelve, specifically this, nowhere else, this, just the Big Twelve. This remains the greatest text I've had in six months. Brian Dutcher has been on the SEC sidelines for thirty-three of thirty-seven victories in the series against UNLV. During that time, the Rebels have had nine head coaches. <laughs> <laughs> like you read it, like, well, that can't be true. It's like, and then they list the coaches. Like, oh yeah, it's true. And if listen, and if TJ goes to Iowa State, three of those, three of those, no, three of those nine are in the Big (laughs) Twelve. Like what? UNLV is going to be responsible for thirty percent of the coaches in the Big Twelve with zero NCAA tournament appearances in eight years. You can't do everything. You can't do everything, Tyler. You got to help those Power Fives out. They don't have enough. That's remarkable. Like there was at one point. Uh, Arkansas State football. They high, They lost Hugh Freeze to Ole Miss, and then the very next year, Gus Malzahn got hired by Auburn. But Arkansas State football actually got bowl games out of those coaches before they left. UNLV is uh, losing guys to the Big 12, and they don't even get a, a NIT appearance out of it. Uh, what would be the op- what would be the selling point? Hey, but look what Lon's done at Oklahoma. Yes. Like, how yes. would they sell the press conference? UNLV needs to sell the job is go to the Big 12 in the future.